We are continuing our summer series of Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Fame. Abraham's place in the Hall of Fame has two parts. And there is a reason for that. Two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Billets introduced Abraham in the first part of Hebrews 11 that talked about him and his faith and his heroic faith. But then last week, following Hebrews 11 in order, we didn't talk about Abraham. We talked about how all the heroes of faith believed in the resurrection, believed even in the Old Testament that when you died, you went to heaven. And there are a lot of people, a lot of Bible scholars today who would tell you that wasn't true. But the writer to the Hebrews wants us to know that that was true. They believed in a resurrection. They believed in a heaven. And having laid that foundation, we can now look at the second part of Abraham's story. A number of years ago, some of us, my contemporaries, know this man, Paul Harvey. He started out, he was always on ABC News, he started out a number of times, but he pretty much ended up being popular around the noon hour. And his program was called, And Now You Know the Rest of the story. The deal is that he would pick some popular figure, some person that people would most likely know, and tell us something about them that we most likely didn't know. And then he would end the radio program by saying, and now you know the rest of the story, good day. We're looking at Abraham part two today, and a good way to describe it and understand it is considering Abraham part two as, yes, the rest of the story, the rest of a story that Paul Harvey might have told. By the way, if you miss Paul Harvey, I'm told you can listen to him on Stitcher, so maybe we could have a chapel 
interface, intergenerational interface. Um, the old, us old folks should tell the young folks why they might want to listen to Paul Harvey, and then the younger folks might explain to the older folks what Stitcher is and, and how, how, how to get there. The rest of the story. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Catch the connection? Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. That's why we had the section last week. And so let's use as our theme today, Abraham trusted God for the rest of the story. That as the rest of the story would turn out in his and Isaac's life, it would be okay. And we're going to look at two parts. First part we're going to look at is the ugly part of the rest of the story. And yeah, this hero of faith had a really ugly part. But secondly, we're going to look at the role of faith played in this hero's rest of the story. God had said to Abraham, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham, I promise you. It's through Isaac that the promise of many nations, but more importantly, the promise of the Savior will come. But you need to know the ugly rest of the story, the setting of that promise. Abraham and Sarah had not had a child. And their solution was that some lives didn't matter. A whole lot. And in this case, Hagar, Sarah's um, handmaid, life didn't matter. And she got pregnant by Abraham, by 
design. Because after all, she was one of those lives that to Abraham and many others didn't matter. And yes, she had a son. Mattered somewhat to Abraham, and because the son mattered somewhat to Abraham, Sarah wanted them out of there because to Sarah, there were some lives that really didn't matter. Those lives mattered to God. And God sent angels to help them when they were near death and because Abraham sent them away with virtually nothing because they didn't think their lives mattered. God, in this case, was their angel and strengthened them and lifted them up. I think I would be remiss in this summer not to make the illusion about lives that matter, about lives that have at times been treated as though they didn't matter. And maybe peaceful protests are okay if you're into that. Maybe talking is good. But I always submit talking is cheap isn't it? Finally, it's going to be actions that count. Who is God placing in your life that you can be an angel to who in their history have been treated that their life really didn't matter all that much, or at least to some folks, to some folks in their lives and do something. If anything to take from the summer, I would think it would be that. But Abraham had to be told, no, no, Abraham. You can send him away you should have treated him better than you did. Your disobeying my law has set up this mess. But I assure you, I promise you, it's from Isaac that your offspring and the Savior will become. From that lech Abraham, God still gives the promise of forgiveness and love and the Savior. But we have to wonder, testing, 
coming to grips with our lives, might Abraham have thought all this was happening because some wives didn't really matter to him? Take your only son, Isaac, and sacrifice him for me. On the mountain, I'm going to show you. He matters a whole lot to you, doesn't he, Abraham? But how much does he matter? What was the conversation going on as they went up to that mountain? We're not told. If you were able to read the link in the chapel notes on Tuesday to an article for Bread for Beggars, you hear one some suggestions. If you haven't done it, I'd encourage you to do it and look at the many other things in the website. Who can only imagine what they're talking about and how the discussion is progressing. Down State Street on the UW campus, there is a course called Literature in Medicine. And one of the required readings in that course, which many other doctors and health professionals take, is a book by Fyodor Dostoevsky, Russian author, entitled The Death of Ivan Ivilovich. He's a well-to-do man, and he's very sick. Doctor after doctor is being called in to take care of him. They keep assuring him that this treatment will help him get better. This one will. Family come and encourages him, encourages him to try more to get healthy. And generally, as things get worse, don't even want to see him in his room anymore. He's well enough to do, uh, to have a servant, Gerizim. And finally, as he needs more and more help from his attendant, Gerizim, he looks at Gerizim as Gerizim is lifting him up, and he says, ask the question, I'm dying, aren't I? And Garrison was the only one who had the honesty to say, yes, you're dying. You can imagine why they want our future doctors and health professionals to read that today. When did it occur? Isaac 
I'm the sacrifice. I'm dying. And how did Abraham tell him and witness to him to that and to, to the fact that he would rise again? What we need to know here is that Abraham did not know the rest of the story, how it would turn out. When I was a boy and I heard this in school and Abraham knew that God could raise the dead, I assumed that Abraham stuck in the, would stick in the knife and assume, would believe up that Isaac would come. That is not what Abraham was told, and that is not what Isaac could expect. Most commentators believe when Abraham told the servants, you wait here and I and the boy will come back, that had he told him what he was actually going, them what he was actually going to do, they wouldn't let him go up and do it. Abraham did not know the rest of the story when he got that knife up. But he trusted God to take care of it. That God who last week was told resurrects the dead. That some way, somewhere in the future God would resurrect Isaac and he would create that child who would be the Savior. But most likely the rest of the story would be that Abraham would walk down the mountain alone, having sacrificed his son. In some way, somehow, God would fulfill the rest of the story. But we know the rest of the story, don't we? This crowd. Paul Harvey wouldn't have to tell us this. The rest of the story was that God provided the sacrifice. God, in another of picture of his forgiveness, God, in another picture of Jesus, provided the sacrifice. And he and his son joyfully went down the mountain together. So, what are the takeaways today? God comes with his promises of love and forgiveness in Jesus, even in our sinfulness. God didn't say to Abraham, you messed it up so much. You showed that lives didn't matter. You have an illegitimate child that you're not taking care of well. No savior from you. For you. Promise of forgiveness came. And faith in that savior moves us to trust God to take care of the rest of the story of all of our lives for our good. And certainly, 
we have the same promise that Isaac had, that the rest of our story will include being raised to life. And being raised to life, we will be with the Lord and our loved ones in heaven because Jesus, has t- the ram, has taken away our punishment too. Like Abraham, we need to trust God to take care of the rest of the story of our lives. For many of us, unlike Abraham, we don't leave the time of testing with our loved one restored back to us. We leave the cemetery with a flower. And we wonder how we'll get along without our spouse, without our parent, without our child, without some other loved one. And God says to us, as he said to Abraham, trust me, trust me for the rest of the story of your life. Why? Because as Romans tells us, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. No, not even death. Not our sinfulness. by faith, heroes of faith. As we continue on this summer, we're going to find more and more of them that were not all that heroic. But God put them there in the Bible for our comfort and our reassurance, who oftentimes aren't so heroic either. I don't know if you've had any dreams this summer. I've had more than my share, maybe living alone. They say that's not unusual in this COVID time of year. Maybe a dream that I might have before the sermon ends, or before I would want the sermon to end, would be Paul Harvey coming through the speakers and telling you all the sinful, shameful things I've done in my life. And ending by saying, and now you know the rest of the story of Pastor Tom. Good day. But they're all forgiven. And so are all the rest of your stories. Thank God for that. Amen.